Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. amazing people out there today we have another great and amazing show uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, someone who is doing some great work out there uh, the book that we're going to be discussing is God meets the world and we're going to be talking about some other great uh, books as well the author is Batia Shamis uh, who was brought up in an Orthodox Jewish family in New York she moved to Jerusalem with her family when she was 16 years old and built her life there. Moved from the big city to the Holy Land with her dream come true. She loved uh, Israel and blossomed there. Batia attended and graduated from the Orthodox Jewish Seminary with a teaching degree in Hebrew and Bible studies. Today, she is happily married and a mother of four. When Batia was 28 years old, God gave her a gift of clairvoyance and healing abilities. Many years, Bathia used her God-given talents to help people with their health. At the same time, she studied the Bible using her gift of intuition and to understand it more deeply. She has come to amazing insights that inspire her to write four books. Who is God? God meets the world. God's hidden treasure and choose life. Bathia, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Awesome. Thank God. That is great. God bless you today. Now, the audience have heard me talk a lot about you. Can you please tell us more about you in your own words? Yeah, I'm uh, a Batishamish. I've been working for many years with, uh, with uh, clients who need help with healing. And um, I could say that I really, really excited that I want to spread my word to the world. And this book that I said, I called it God Meets the World because the meeting between God and the world for the first time was at Mount Sinai. At Mount yeah. Sinai, God came down in full voice. Everybody heard him in full voice, not, not in a, a clairvoyance, not in a mystical, not in a secret, just to one or two people, 
but to everybody, to millions of Israelites, and people heard it from other, uh, from other surrounding areas also. So it was God manifesting the spiritual to the physical, and it became uh, uh, a union of the spiritual and physical at that moment in Mount Sinai. So I explained the whole the whole episode of Mount Sinai, how great it was, and the results of it, which are the Ten Commandments that we have still today. Wow, that that is truly remarkable. You know, I I truly believe that it is still very relevant today. You know the the effects of Mount Sinai. Uh, a lot of people take it for granted uh how how have you shaped the story of mount sinai uh, and written it to make it you know more relevant today um we went i went through uh each of the ten commandments and i explained how it can be used for today what what is feeling today what is uh adultery in in modern day language in details that are relevant even you know about teenagers about the whole situation about jail about how the bible itself explains the ten commandments the, the bible is actually a teacher's edition of the ten commandments so i bring in all verses from the bible to explain what the ten commandments mean but everything i say even though i have a gift of intuition, my intuition is, is strong enough to be able to know where to find in the Bible the proof of what I'm saying. So everything I wrote is backed up. So I have to explain, what does it mean? What, is it okay to put people in jail the way they put people now? What, what about slavery in the Bible? Slavery is kidnapping. Slavery is, is stealing. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not your, you can't just take a person and steal them. You know, the, all things that are relevant to history that came much, much, much later. They explain about abortion. I think explain about uh, kids who want to abort. Yeah. What? Exactly. All about suicide also. Suicide is murder. I explained that too. Suicide is murder. We don't, our bodies are not ours. We, if a person kills himself, they're a murderer. We don't have, we don't have permission to kill ourselves. So everything is so, so vivid. It becomes so alive in my book. And it's just, you know, just like, just like uh, God joined um, the earth when he came to, down to Mount Sinai. I'm trying to join that historical event to modern day times in my book. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I really love how God Meets the World, you know, is really a self-help book that can, you know, change the outlook on on life and, and really strengthen your faith, you know. And and you know, and it's do you really feel that when people you know that it that it can really help, you know, uh anyone who is a, a non uh a non you know orthodox jewish uh, uh 
of non-Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jewish faith as well. You know, they don't have to be non-Jewish, Jewish, uh, non-Jewish faith. Right, this book, I didn't, I didn't write it for Jews. I wrote it for the world. I, um, I believe and I feel that the Ten Commandments are given for the whole world, not only for the Jewish people. They, uh, and I prove it from the Bible that we are, we are, the Israelites were sent as messengers to give over these rules to the world. But these are rules for the whole world in order to build a just society where people are not stealing and killing and murdering. And so I didn't do it from a point of an Orthodox Jew. I just did it a point from in everybody, to teach everybody. But some things I'd like to say, I'd like to mention, for instance, that um, you know, in, Jew, in Judaism, abortion is considered abortion only after 40 days, which is like a compromise, and people like to hear that. I said that to someone, she's like so happy to hear that. She said, wow, like such a nice compromise. You know, you, you're not killing babies. You have a limit. Somebody doesn't have to go crazy. If it's like emergency, they can't. They have to abort. It's not murder until the child is 40 days old. So they like that. So there are things that I put in, yes, about Jewish religion, but not not in every chapter, not not as a general rule. It's just it's just written to the public. I have another. There's another part of the book, the first part of the book, which explains the whole. I would say the whole uh, purpose of the Bible, the whole story of of Genesis, was written as an introduction to the Ten Commandments. It's like this book is written, is given over after the Ten Commandments, and I explain that in detail. They they have the book because um, in this book is it explaining how did even how, why do we even have these rules? Why do we even have these laws? Why did God write these laws? So He's not telling the whole history of the world since it's created. He only has some stories. The stories that you have are all relevant to the Ten Commandments. So the right. story of uh, so the story of Noah that people got destroyed because they were for they were stealing from each other and they were villains, and how God gave laws to Noah already. So we go through the story of Noah on a detailed basis, and go and then further after that, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough just to have the laws of Noah. The, the, the children of Joseph were still jealous. And they still uh, kidnapped their brother. Jealousy is one of the Ten Commandments. It wasn't in the story of Noah. Not, not to covet, it's jealousy. They coveted their brother. So God is telling us this story of Genesis in order to understand why he chose these commandments as the commandments to guide the world. Yeah, it's, it's truly amazing how, like, every scripture, you know, like, points right back at each other and you know and and it you know scripture and church is scripture and and, and it and it and it gives us so much revelation and you know and i have a i have such a appreciation for your gifts you know and you really and it really seems like your ideas really you know really open up uh, a lot of um you know what we really need to see in our society you know, uh, because like it, it, it's very ap apparent that you know that our the Constitution uh, in American 
in America was written, in fact, on the Ten Commandments. Do you highlight this in, in the book and emphasize this? I mentioned, I mentioned that, I mentioned that the, uh, the, the judiciary system is built on the Ten Commandments, but I didn't go too much into it, except I put in a photo there of they put uh, Ten Commandments in front of uh, judiciary buildings, yeah. Um, in front of the Supreme Court, yeah. I put a picture there. Yeah, of Moses holding the Ten Commandments. Oh, that's... Uh, that's, that's you know, it's really, and it's really interesting, but the, the tablets, the shape of the tablets, that's, that's not written any place, but somehow it got passed down from father to son that the tablets are the shape they are, this semicircle with the long... Uh, stick, and when they finally, we finally found the real Mount Sinai in, in Jabal al-Laz in Saudi Arabia. So they found those stones there. The whole mountain is filled with those kind of slates in that shape. Yes. Which is really amazing, meaning that some, you know, father to son did give this over. Because that, nobody wrote that any place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the cave, I so I have pictures of the Mount Sinai and Debra Laws, and there was a cave there. We, the cave of uh, Elijah, and they found it there. And that was the cave of Moses. And Moses hid. Moses hid his book, because where did Moses write the book? Where, where did Moses... Uh, first meet God? He first, he you first, know? yeah, he first met God at the, you know, when, when the God turned the, the bush into uh, fire. Right, and that burning bush was out Mount Sinai. Yeah, it was in Mount Sinai, yes. That Mount Sinai. So he wrote the book, he told, so, uh, so God tells him about this book. He tells him about who his fathers, who his forefathers are, because Moses was a prince of Egypt. He didn't know all the stories of the Bible, so so God is explaining to him: These are these. I'm the, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he starts writing it down, and after he finished writing it down, and he accepted with Aaron's help the mission to go to Egypt, he hid these tablets. In the cave down below, the cave is on the bottom of the mountain. When he when they came back with the whole Jewish people, the whole Israelites, they weren't called Jews in the end at that time. But when the Israelites came back, he ran. It says that Moses ran to the mountain, and people didn't even notice that sentence. But he ran. Why did he run? Because he has to check if his slaves are still there. It's like, oh my God, I left these things there. Did anybody take them? So he went there, he found them, and, and then he presented them to the Jewish people as the Book of the Covenant. It's called the Book of the Covenant, which means uh, the first book, Genesis, and half of Exodus until the Ten Commandments. Right. These are all kind of stories that are straight in the Bible, and nobody even knows them. And we actually made a movie about it. I mean, we have a, we didn't, it's not on the air yet, but we have a screenplay. And God willing, we're gonna we're gonna publicize it and try to get it out there. That's truly remarkable. You will we definitely look forward to that. It's gonna be a new way of looking at the whole story of Mount Sinai. 
in the Ten Commandments. Oh, that's truly a blessing. Uh, so, so you know, what was it like, you know, when you moved from the big city to the Holy Land? You know, uh, you know, you, you know, you, it was like a dream come true for you. you know, so, so, describe that experience, you know, just just briefly for us. Well, when I came, it was in 1976, so it was it was a very simple here, very simple country. Yeah, it was very simple, but it was fun because when I came here, I didn't go straight to the city. There still there were cities here, but weren't very big like New York where I came from. But we, I went to a dormitory in a in a little town with <laughs> a girls' dormitory with fields of peanuts and fields of uh, oranges. <laughs> so we had a ball. It was like freedom at last. For a teenager, we loved it. <laughs> and do you do you think that's what kind of you know um, you know reaching back into your history a little bit where where you got the inspiration for choose life? <laughs> no, choose life is different. Choose life. We were um, uh, we were into health food store health food in America before we came. My mother got sick. And she went to a, a health doctor, and she started taking vitamins. Oh, okay. So, so tell us a little bit yeah. more about um about Choose Life. And then I started, yeah. So, so I started. So I tell the story in Choose Life. I tell the story of my life from a different from the health perspective. And I um I was very precocious. I was very young, and I was already reading books like Adele Davis and the first beginning books on nutrition. And I really wanted very much to, um, to help people. But when I was about uh, 23, I got a really bad ulcer. And then I started praying to Hashem. Hashem is God. Praying to God that I wish that I can get better, but I don't want to get better magically. I want to really understand how I got better so I can help other people. And slowly I started um, checking out foods, what's good for me, what's not good for me. And I got cured. It was really, really bad. But I got cured from my ulcer. And wow. I think it took a couple of years later. I mean, we went through so much stuff that I, I was married to somebody else. Went through so much poverty. I just had so much crying to God that I just, I just, I just needed help. And I got this gift. And the first thing I. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is... 
is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Today, first money that I got was uh, 25 shekel, which is about $8. I bought my son a briefcase. He was in first grade. He didn't have a briefcase. That's how poor we were. And so Hashem helped me, and people started coming to me to get help because the people in Israel and Jerusalem are very close-knit. Once you tell one person, they bring their sisters, their brothers, their mother-in-law, and it just goes on, and it just... It just helping people, everybody was very, very innocent. This was in the 80s, 88. People were very innocent in Israel. They didn't even know what vitamin C was. So I had to teach them. I had to teach them. And I, if they weren't happy, they come back to me. They complain. That's something the Americans don't do. Not even other healers here, they don't do it. They weren't going to listen to complaints. But by me, I'm very uh, modest. So people come back to me to complaints. And then I have to fix them. So if I fix them, I, I started getting experience. So I started understanding what really works, what really doesn't work. Enough for me to write a book to write what works and what doesn't work. I didn't write all the rev complicated remedies, but I just wrote basic things that really can help. And I know they can help because they help thousands of people with them. Right. And I wrote it in this book. Not only the remedies itself, but also the way of eating, the way of changing your diet, not enough, without fads, regular food. <laughs> this, this fad business of changing totally and becoming vegan or becoming anything, Atkins or anything, is things that you can't tell the entire public to do. You can't change everybody's lives. That's also I discovered when dealing with people. You can't tell people to stop eating their traditional foods. You just can't do that. So able to balance it, to teach them how to balance. If you eat meat, you have to eat fruit because this is yin and this is yang. You have to balance it. And I give lists, lists of the food to explain how things have to be balanced, if it's summer, if it's winter. Explain how to incorporate the whole ideas of Chinese medicine and how to incorporate the ideas of uh, natural healing into regular daily, uh, daily lives to... Something really doable, really easy. Not, you know, things that are what's really bad for you, what's really good for you. It's different. It's different than most health books. Most health books don't want to do that. They just want to be purists. But I'm not looking to be purists. I'm looking to help the person on the street. Yeah, I, I can really see how it it can give you some, some simplic, simplicity and, you know, and it can really, you know, uh, be be more practical, and you know, and uh, and, and that that spiritual component of it is very very important. You know, uh, so much of that is so far removed from uh, a lot of the nutritional books, and you know, and you you'll page through a lot of these books, you don't see none of that. You know, it's like okay, you're telling me to you know try this, try that, but you know. You know, but what, what what about the spiritual side of me? You know, that needs to be fed. Right. I actually I wrote about the Bible a lot about the Bible about food is in the Bible. It's 
some things are hidden and hence and some things are clear. But I also wrote a chapter about the, the soul, about about how the psychological and the spiritual parts of the soul cause different diseases and different um, and different healing. I did write a whole chapter about that. It's a little bit Kabbalistic, but I think people on your podcast are interested in those kind of things. Yes, absolutely. So, so um, what about on um, God's hidden treasure? Uh, so, you know, let's, let, let, lead us lead us more into you know a little bit of, about God's hidden treasure and, uh, and what's that okay. about? Okay, so God's hidden treasure. You see, remember I said in the beginning that the book of the Bible was written in the beginning for the Ten Commandments. But there's another secret in the Bible, and that's the story of Adam and Eve. This story of Adam and Eve ends up with a fire, a swords that are protecting the Kuvim, the cherubim. The swords that are protecting the cherubim. The cherubim are what was on the uh, the, uh, the little uh, dolls on the on top of the. Uh, on top of the holy, the holy ark, the holy ark in the in the holy temple has little dolls on them that are called the cherubim, little angels. So these angels, it says in Genesis that these little angels are protected with fire. So these little angels, really from Genesis, are really a parable to what happened at the end with. The Ten Commandments. So back to the Ten Commandments, because those those cherubim are on top of a holy ark that has the Ten Commandments inside of them. Next to it, sitting next to these Ten Commandments, next to these cherubim, are slates of the Bible, the entire Bible that was written by Moses. Big slates. In this book, I'm explaining what happened to this slate. What happened to this Bible? How are we, can we be sure that the Bible we have today is the same as what Moses gave him? And I go through the whole history. They went through wars. They went through famine. They went through bloodbaths. It's like things were destroyed. And the secrets of how really these slaves were found, they were found smashed. And the whole story of Hanukkah. The story of Hanukkah really, really there was eight lights, eight days of light. Those eight days of light and those, and those, do you know about the story of Hanukkah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they say that there was light, the uh, uh, light that lasted eight days. Those lights, eight days that of oil that they left there was light in the temple for eight days, 24 hours. The light stayed on because they had to rewrite those books that were smashed by the Greeks. Or it wasn't books in those days were printed books. They were slates of the Bible. And they re- re- started writing them. And history proves that I'm correct because Simon, one of the Maccabees, is the first one start teaching the Bible to the Jewish people. He started writing it, and he started sending it out to everybody. Only from then did people even have a copy of the Bible. 
They started having copies of Bibles in every town. They started having um, synagogues. And only from then do we even have a Bible. Before that, it was just in the temple. People were very simple. People were totally um, illiterate. Right. Uh, they wrote, yeah, they wrote it on animal skins. They started writing this Bible on animal skins. So this copy, so this Bible was preserved. And I go through everything, the whole story of Ezra. It's like a history. It's a history of the journey of the Bible. The hidden treasure is the Bible. The Bible is our treasure. And it was hidden. It was in the temple. It was people didn't, didn't have it. They didn't have it. They either knew it by heart or they didn't. They didn't have the copy. They didn't have the hard copy. And nobody knew how to read well enough to even use the copy. So it changes the whole history. And it proves, without a doubt, because I prove it by, by comparing it to real history, that the points I'm making can be proven by real history. This is what happened, and I compare it to real history, that we really actually have the real Bible. We know that we have the Bible since the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. So from, from the Dead Sea, we're, we're all set. Because they found the scrolls of the Dead Sea, they're identical to what we have. So my job is just to prove between Moses and the Dead Sea Scrolls to show, I don't even prove it, I have to show it what, what happened to this Bible, where it went to. Wow. What do you say? Truly, truly remarkable. Yeah, so, so in a second. So if you, whoever reads this doesn't have to be um, a believer. This book is good for any historian or archaeologist you don't have to be a believer because I'm not, I'm not out to convince people um, that God wrote the book. And that, and that, in this book, I'm out to convince people that the book stayed the same. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a very, very strong argument because that's the main argument of people saying it's like, oh, it must have changed. They recopied it. They copied it. But it didn't. It didn't change. It's it's pretty remarkable it didn't change. It's one of the miracles that it didn't change. But it really didn't change. We really know that it didn't change. As a matter of fact, we have people, Some there's some uh, tribes that were not connected to Jews in Yemen, and we came to meet them, uh, what, 2,000 years later? <laughs> it's the same book. It might have a couple of... Um, Changes in grammar, maybe a couple of letters here and there. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Well, we, we got we got some callers standing by. We're gonna take uh, one question before we uh, let you go. I know we, you know, I know we've been on on quite a bit. They've been on holding holding on. So we're gonna take um, one 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 or two two questions out here. So we got we got a caller standing by. So uh, hold on. Let me take the take this caller here, um, Batia. So one second here. So um, mm -hmm. we have we have caller. Um, how you doing, caller? Hi. Yeah. So uh, caller, you, uh, you you have a question for Batia? Uh, yes, I was. I wanted to know uh, about her healing processes. So Batia, did you hear that? Want to know what I do or or what I read yes. about? Yes, what what do you do? Oh, usually I would, I would check people in the eyes, take iridology, 
tectonic diagnosis, do I do reflexology, did all these things, and herbs, a lot of herbs. Okay. So we have herbs that we uh, make up and we help people. We can help children, help everybody, because once you're using herbs, it doesn't have to be. Um, I can I can uh, give it according to the sensitivities. So sometimes healing is a little too strong for some people, but the herbs you can always find some way to help everybody. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Okay. And uh, where can you get your book from? <laughs> oh, we got it's on Amazon. We also have a website on authorbatia.com. dot com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's good is that this book that I wrote about Choose Life. Oh, okay. We have the exact uh, the exact address now. What is it? www. See, I think we got one more caller on standing by. Let me. Okay, it looks like that caller dropped. Okay, Bhatia. Uh, okay, like um. Uh, okay, so, with that being said, uh, is there you know anything else out there you know that, that you would like you know any final words of wisdom you would like to put out there for for the audience? These are new and novel insights. Nothing has ever been written like this before in the history. And it's not uh, limited to anybody of any religion or of any belief. It'd be fascinating to anybody. The book is easy enough for teenagers to read if they are, you know, interested. I have a, I purposely wrote it easy because I think the teenagers are missing spirituality in their lives. And I myself became close to God already as a teenager. So I feel close to young, young uh, girls and boys who are looking, looking for something and they're getting all to the wrong places. So I wrote the book easy enough for them to understand and modest enough for them to write. Yes. Also deep enough for scholars because I'm using um, all kinds of verses from the Bible, they can look up and they can find that and they can get more deep into it. Everything I wrote is with 
verification from different places of the even college religious courses can use these books. It save a lot of time. My my intuition is so strong that I was able to intuitively feel where my the proof of what I'm saying is written, and I looked it up, and we found it easy enough. If somebody would just look at what they we wrote, they w they would wonder how how many years it would take in order to even figure out. Have to look through the whole Bible to figure out where everything is written. Yes. Yeah, even Bible scholars and seminaries could uh, could be interested in what I wrote. Yes, wonderful. Well, I I think I thank you, Bhatia. Uh, you and your husband. Uh, can you leave that website one more time uh, for us uh, before we? Uh, in the show. Yeah, it's authorbatia.com. Author one word. A U T H O R B A T Y A dot com. Thank you so and much. And if you go on Amazon and you write, yeah, there's one more thing. If you go on Amazon, you write Batya Shemesh, all my books will come up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we will be sure to support you in all you're doing. Um, you and your husband, you and your wonderful husband, uh, you guys are wonderful together. Definitely a, a uh, blessed couple. Uh, and, you know, we greatly appreciate you. You know, we are very grateful for having you guys. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we we just had uh, on our show, the Transform You Live show. Uh, also, the show will be syndicated, uh, syndicated to, uh, of course, the Beyond the Natural show. Uh, Batia Shamis, uh, who was brought up in the Orthodox Jewish family in New York. Uh, she is the author of God Meets the World and Choose Life. And of course, uh, who is God? God's hidden treasure in me. And she's doing a great work for God. And, and just a good representative and so we look forward to uh meeting again you know uh should you be doing anything else we will be one glad to share this platform with you again uh so till next time uh, until next time many blessings peace and lots of love uh to uh all of our audience members out there so do hold the line i'd like to talk to your husband again to just uh, follow up with the process Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.